Hello and welcome to this week's weekly wisdom tips based on the weekly wisdom tips from the blog post or the email that you received. And this week we're talking about the topic of willpower. Now, this is an interesting topic because we've all sort of convinced ourselves that willpower is the difference between succeeding or failing. We, all, we tell ourselves that if we're not doing what we need to do, if we're procrastinating about what we need to do, that what's lacking, what's missing, what is deficient for us is willpower, as if discipline required willpower in order to be effective. Now, there's a certain degree to which that is true, and I will grant you that willpower is part of the process of maintaining a trajectory in a particular direction. But, and this is a very big but, quite often it's something other than willpower that moves us and drives us and guides us in the direction of our dreams. And if we think that it's all about willpower, if we think it's all about force and effort, then number one, we may be very punishing to ourselves and very uh, unforgiving to ourselves along the way. And number two, we may continue to miss opportunities to change our behavior because there are ways we can change it without willpower. So if you think that you need willpower, but you don't have it, well then, game over. Game match set, right? You, you're done. But if you think that there's something other than willpower that's going to move you in the direction of your dreams, and that's something that you may in fact be able to find, then this might be an opportunity for you. And so I'm going to suggest that there is a gigantic opportunity for you in recognizing that willpower is not the answer. So let me bring the metaphor to light first. Chip and Dan Heath, who wrote the book Switch, a book about how to make change easy, have researched what it is that has allowed certain people, certain companies, certain co governments, certain populations to be able to make change, to transform what they're doing into something else. You know, for example, a hospital that's having a difficult time uh, with, with patients becoming ill in the hospital because of what's called nosocomial infection, which is infection caused by being in a hospital. So hospitals need to be cleaner, they need to follow certain guidelines, and a lot of them aren't doing it very effectively because they think all they need to do is to tell their employees to do it, and that the employees should have enough willpower to do everything right. But there are other hospitals that have discovered a different way. They've discovered ways of introducing the information in an easier-to-swallow way, introducing the information in a way that makes it into kind of a game, all sorts of other things, other strategies that allow the process to change without willpower, without effort, and without force, and often to change in a much more effective way. So what Chip and Dan Heath describe as a model to kind of put this all in a visual perspective, is what they call the elephant, the rider, and the path. And they say that, you know, we all have all these components inside of us. We have an elephant, a rider, and a path. And the elephant is the habituated part of your mind, the, the part of you that just does things the way it's always done them, and it always wants to do them that way, and it's just what's easy and comfortable and familiar, and it's kind of the subconscious part of your mind, the part that just takes things for granted. This is just the way it is. I just eat this way. I just smoke. I just lay around and do nothing. I just don't want to pick up the phone. All the things that you use to define yourself that are deeply embedded in your subconscious mind, and the, the part of you that you use to define who you think you are, that is the elephant. 
And it's what I call the habituated mind, the programmed mind, the part of your mind that constantly does things the way it's always done them. And what we know now about neurology is that the nervous system is a very, uh, although it's plastic, meaning it can be changed, it's also, it digs grooves inside of itself. We learn certain things and it's very difficult for us to change those things. We're habituated and it's very hard for us to to kind of step back from our habitual patterns in order to retrain ourselves into a new way of doing things. So that's where the elephant comes in. The elephant is that habituated mind, the grooves are dug in, and it's just the same track that you ride on again and again and again. You know, it's the things you do in your sleep. You know, when you go to work, you may not even be conscious of how you got there because you're doing it on automatic. Right? You you walk down to the kitchen and you open up the refrigerator and you pick up that bottle of milk, and you know, there's not a lot of thought that goes into it. It's all habituated and automatic. If we were to put the refrigerator on the other side of the room, you'd probably keep going to the same side of the room for weeks to come until you could finally dig new grooves into your brain. So that's the elephant. It's slow. It's ponderous. It's habituated. It wants to do things the way it's always done them because it's comfortable and it's safe. That's just the way it is. Well, there's also the rider. The rider of the elephant, the one that sits on top of the elephant, and tells the elephant where to go in terms of your mind, that's your conscious mind. That's your will. Your will is, gee, I think I'm going to go on a diet. Gee, I think I'm going to stop smoking. Gee, I think I'm going to pick up the phone and make 10 prospecting calls today. And you say that, and that's your rider saying that. That's your will saying that. And then your elephant says, I don't think so. I think I'll just sit here in the field and eat mangoes. So there's a conflict between the elephant and the rider. Now, if you were to rely on willpower, it's very much the same as assuming that you're going to be able to, as the rider, wrestle the elephant into submission. Are you strong enough to wrestle an elephant into submission? I don't think so. Even if you got a little stronger, even if you got more willpower, would that help you wrestle the elephant into submission? No. There ain't no way that you are going to be stronger than an elephant, no matter what you do, no matter who you are. So, strength is not the answer. Willpower is not the answer. You see, it was said by Emile Coué, who was the father of modern hypnosis, that whenever willpower and imagination come into conflict, imagination always wins. And imagination is the elephant. I just imagine I'll sit here and do what I want to do. I could just picture having a nice, pleasant day without you riding my back. That's the imagination, and it wins. So willpower ain't the answer. What is the answer? Well, if you're an elephant rider, you probably know that there are certain things you need to be able to do. You need to be able to guide the elephant by having a very clear idea of where you want to go first. Because if you're not 100% sure where you're heading, then it's a lot easier for the elephant to take over. Second, you have to have some intelligence about the path that you choose. If you want to get the elephant from point A to point B, well, then you want to make sure that you choose a path that doesn't, is not littered with temptations for the elephant. You, know, you want to walk him down from point A to point B, but that path is filled with mango trees, and that elephant loves mangoes, well, that elephant's going to stop a lot along the way. So an intelligent rider finds a path with less temptations. You want to quit smoking? You get rid of the cigarettes, because they're a temptation. You don't go to places where a lot of people are smoking. It's a temptation. Same deal here. You want to remove the temptations and create or carve a path, and that's what an intelligent rider does. Another thing that an intelligent rider does is to make it a game. Get that elephant playing with you. Hey, come here, little elephant. Look what fun things I've got for you. And basically cajole the elephant into following the path that the rider wants the elephant to follow. So this applies to you. 
If you are trying to make a change, if you're trying to eliminate procrastination and get an action, you don't want to do it through willpower. Force isn't going to do it. Discipline is finite. You can only discipline yourself for so long without acknowledging the needs of the elephant. So instead, you're going to learn how to use all those other three strategies, cajoling, selecting the proper path, and having a clear sense of where you're going. And when you, when you combine those three and you become a skilled rider, then although the elephant is in fact bigger and is in fact more powerful, you outwit the elephant. You guide the elephant in the direction you want to go in. And so you become the master of your fate. You become the lord of your domain. And that's how you end up getting change in your life. And that's how you end up vanquishing procrastination. So is it willpower? No. It's will wisdom. It's will finesse. And when your will is properly cultivated in a way that allows it to have wisdom and finesse, you will have power, but not force, over your elephant. Not effort, not force, not strength, but simply the ability to guide something much bigger than yourself. And that's when your life starts to open up. That's when change starts to happen. And that's when you begin to work with your own natural nervous system, your own neurology, understanding those grooves are there, but you're going to dig, dig some new grooves in a way that's not abrasive to the old ones. And that's the process that gets you from point A to point B. All right, so I hope that that's a, an interesting lesson for you to consider and ponder. And I want you to think about where in your life you've been using effort and stress and willpower to try to make yourself change, when in fact you might step back from that and look for ways of cajoling and guiding and avoiding temptation for that elephant so you can move in the direction you want to move in. As always, I appreciate and welcome your comments and your questions. You can always respond to uh, the, the blog by writing in the comments section below. You can contact me on Facebook using my Facebook fan page, Dr. Steve Taubman. Uh, you can Twitter me. You can email me. You can pick up the phone and call me. I am available, and I love interacting with my readership. So please, by all means, make contact. Let me know what you think, and please, by all means, share this with those that you think would benefit from it. One more very important piece of information before I go. If you are a member of the monthly membership program that we have, which includes the Hypnosis for Change calls, that program is going to be coming to an end. At the end of September, that's the end. We're going to be done with that program. And so from that point onward, we will no longer uh, have access to the, the monthly Hypnosis for Change uh, recordings or any of the other bonuses that are associated with that program. If you're a member of the program, Make a, make a note on your calendar so you know that this is not going to be indefinite, that you're going to be done with the program, and use this month to catch up on all the ones that you didn't get a chance to listen to before, before the site comes down. So if that's you, take heed. If it's not you, I'm afraid you've missed your opportunity to be part of that program, but there'll be other things that come along in the future, so keep your eyes open. All right, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed and appreciated this, and I certainly appreciate you for listening and for your uh, attention and for your thoughtfulness and for the difference that you make. Thanks so much. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.